Alrighty guys, good morning and let's talk about the spiritual priority. When I talk about the spiritual priority, I'm not talking about the need to get up and go to church on Sunday morning. That's not what I mean when I talk about the spiritual priority. I'm talking about the practical aspects of having inner strength, that indomitable spirit, that part of you that is resilient and will come back. It's creative, it's full of inspiration, it's full of passion. This is the spiritual side of life. So it's not the physical, it's not just the mental, it's the spiritual trajectory in life, that spiritual priority that's going to compel you to go out and conquer your challenges, to crush your fears, and to pursue that higher potential of who you were born to be. Now, the practical aspects of the spiritual priority will provide you this understanding. I might probably edit that out. Well, what I'm thinking is this. I got the looking at the screen here. All right, so the some of, the pra- some of the practical aspects of the spiritual priority are, I want you to think about what happens if you are maybe dealing with chronic pain or you endure a very a difficult hardship, maybe a traumatic injury, a car wreck, for example, something like that. Uh, and all, everything's kind of come down around you. Maybe your house burns down, and yet at the end, at the outcome of something m- massively tragic, you know, some major bad thing happening, you just have a sense of peace and gratitude in your heart, like I'm alive and I can hug my loved ones. I'm alive and I can rebuild my life no matter where I'm at. That is spiritual resilience. That's power right there. That's your inner power, that ability to live a life that transcends circumstance. You're not reacting to every bit of chance and chaos that comes crashing down on you in life. Instead, you can choose to respond from a spiritual perspective, from that perspective of that inner perspective. So when we talk about the six sides of perspective, again, just to remind, you know, six sides of perspective are the macro, the micro, the inner, the outer, the internal, the external, and the positive and the negative. So we can always look at something from a macro positive level or a micro negative level, uh, and we're ultimately going to be directing this perspective internally or externally. And how we filter life through these six lenses, if you will, these six uh, six sides of perspective is what's going to, that, that observing element, that element that's aware that's going to direct the attention is, again, your spiritual intent. It's the heart's intent. It's that soul level intent to do what you set out to do. So where does that come from? Now, there's a lot of discussion. There's a lot of people to talk about and think about Uh, God, for example, you know, go to church and I need to connect with God and this is where I'm going to do it. And that's great for a lot of people. It's a very valuable, meaningful uh, thing. It it plugs them in. They're a member of a community. They get principles that they can take out and apply to life that helps them have this macro level perspective or this big picture perspective that God's in control. God has a plan. Uh, It's not just about me. I'm a child of God. I'm connected to God somehow. God loves me. These are things that are we all need inherently. We have this craving at the soul level to connect with the essence of life itself, something bigger than ourselves that comes out practically in connecting with community, with family, with community, with clubs and organizations, affiliating ourselves with our fellow humans. Also, 
the inner need to express ourselves. So that craving to connect, also that, that need or that craving to express ourselves comes from this soul level identity, this spiritual identity that who I am on the inside is special and unique. And that is a, a fundamental truth of humanity. We're not all the same. We talk a lot about collective wisdom, collective collaboration, working together to have a, a massive impact on humanity, and that's really awesome. At the same time, understanding that this is a collection of independent beings, a collection of individuals who are unique in every way. So our DNA is not the same. Our genetic makeup is not the same. Our likes, our preferences are much less the same. And so when we're coming at collaboration, for example, we can come at collaboration from a spiritual perspective, understanding honesty, humility, and honor, honoring the light, that light of life that's inside each individual. There's a divine spark that sets you apart. And if you can appreciate that in a person and realize that they're there and you're in life together to learn together and to grow together, even people who are very difficult or challenging can offer the opportunity to learn something. Sometimes it's just learning how not to be stupid, but at times it's profound. You know, a, a child runs in and says, hey, have you ever thought about this? And boom, your hair is just blown back and you're going, holy shit, man, I never thought about it like that before. <laughs> And that's a pretty cool thing. So spiritual perspective is very practical. It's practically applicable to everything. It helps us be more resilient when we're dealing with the challenges in life. It is the ability to see the beauty in life as it is unfolding, the magic of life around us all the time. You think about the the wisdom of the trees and the birds and the bees, the natural world is full of beauty and just this magnificent manifestation of divine intent. And when I say divine intent, what I mean is a curious exploration of infinite possibilities. Right. This is the driving force of evolution. This is the curious exploration of infinite possibilities is what evolves species. One day one bird says, you know what, I think I'm going to grow a red feather instead of a blue feather. Or a slug decides, you know what, I think I'm going to get this different kind of stripe. I'm going to grow a shell and I'm going to become a snail. Or whatever the case may be, there's, there's an intelligent design in existence. It's not by accident, it's by trial and error. And these are lessons that we can extract and learn when we are spiritually aware, when we realize that the animating force, the fundamental awareness that animates the entire cosmos, this magical divine intent. You know, when I talk about God, the hand of God, I talk about God, I mean good old divinity, that greatest concept of what we can ever possibly imagine. You know, the, the limit of human cognitive function, the grand sum of every positive projection is God. It's the grand total of everything that is. It's the eternal essence, the eternal enigma, the great mystery of life. This is God. And good old divinity has been defined many, many times throughout history in many, many different ways. You'll find if you were to do a survey of history that every culture in one way or another has some concept of God, this great being that exists somehow. And what happens in the definitions of God is we use our limited understanding 
our own sliver of perspective, if you will, and try our best to define it with, within that. Our God concept comes from our conditioning or our comprehension, our level of comprehension, and our cultural comprehensions. The things that we choose to see as divine, again, goes through these same filters, the cognitive comprehension, the cultural comprehension. And what we end up with are radically different concepts of God that are no less real to somebody in Israel as they are to somebody in Iran, for example. And we can hold that example up to see the inherent conflict that comes when somebody is very convicted convicted, very convinced, or has a very strong conviction, (laughs) they're absolutely certain that they have the cornerstone on the God concept. They have a relationship with God, and these other people do not have a relationship with God. And when they do not have a relationship with God, they are then lesser than. They're heathens. They're They're an impediment. They're a poison to humanity. And that is a very problematic belief. If we think for a second that if somebody does not believe in God the way that we do, they are inherently evil, we are really on a very slippery slope. I'm not going to tackle evil in this episode, but I I want to make very clear that we must be honest with ourselves and accept the fact that what we know is limited. We must acknowledge through humility the limitations of our own understanding. Any person on the planet could devote an entire lifetime to studying any particular subject. Just pick one. Study something your whole entire life. Study office furniture (laughs) for your whole life. Study physiology. Study astronomy. Study chemistry. Study something and realize that if you devoted every ounce of your effort to inquiring, observing, hypothesizing, testing these hypotheses, <laughs> testing your theories, you're never going to exhaust the potential for exploring any given subject. So that's just one subject. You spend your whole life on one subject, you're never going to exhaust exploring that subject. You're never going to achieve a state of complete understanding where all of a sudden now you know everything about office furniture, because it's always changing, right? There's always this infusion, this injection of new. Things are changing constantly at a rate that is very difficult to comprehend, perhaps impossible. And because of that, we cannot exhaust the possibilities of, you know, learning this or learning that, right? This is the divine expression. This is the curious exploration of infinite potential that we are just a part of. I want to pause for just a second that line of theory, thinking, and come back to this idea that life's about the spiritual priority. How does this fit in? Life is, in fact, a spiritual journey. We are, in fact, a divine expression. We are a very intentional expression of a divine intent. It was a curious exploration that caused our DNA to develop the unique features of our facial, our hair, our body style, our shape, our personalities. And yeah, maybe the cosmos has impacted that in one way or another. Maybe the stars were aligned and we became a Libra, perhaps, if we were 
uh, if you were born in the same time span I was. Or maybe like the Chinese astrology, maybe you were born, born in the year of the dragon or the horse or the boar or the monkey. And maybe you got an element associated with that. Maybe that's all true. Maybe it's not. It's a philosophy. It's a belief system. However, what we can know for sure is that every person is unique and fundamentally unique. And that uniqueness comes from this divine expression, that divine intent to curiously explore infinite possibilities. Good old divinity, the hand of God, created in the image of God, is a term that is used a lot in in Christianity. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? Well, consider that God is a powerful creative force. I think therein is the... connection, if you will. So if we're create, we're not all powerful, all knowing, omniscient, omnipresent beings, right? However, we are powerfully creative beings. What we can do is imagine things and conjure up through inspiration, these ideas, and then go out there and magically make it happen, manifest it in the material world. So we are a creative force and we are a destructive force. No getting around that. Just like God is creative and destructive in the in the stories of the Bible. So how are we created in the image of God? We are we are created as creators. <laughs> we are creators. The spiritual priority then helps us align that power, the power to create with a positive intent. The primal purpose of life of every person on the planet is to help make the world a better place. I believe this to be true because I believe that life is fundamentally good. And the reason that life is fundamentally good is because, I mean, you can look at it and see all the bad things in life, but if you look at the natural beauty of the, uh, the beauty of the natural world, it's humbling, it's awe-inspiring, it can even bring tears to the eyes. You sit and take in the scene and go, wow, this is just amazing. Listen to the birds. Look at the breeze. Look at the leaves. Just for a second, soak in, bask in the beauty of sunlight. The animated world that we live in, the intelligent existence. And at the same time, at the very same time, understand that you're a part of it. Just like there was a seed that grew into a tree. There was a seed that grew into you and to me. We are divine expression. We are creators born to have a positive impact on the world around us, born to help make the world a better place just by being happy. We can understand that life is good. Here's something about humanity. A lot of people like to diss on humanity and talk about, oh man, humans are just destroying everything, you know, and and I'm not saying that that's not true, that we're not being destructive, we certainly are, but I think we're probably also the only species on the planet that is actively going out there and proactively even trying to stem the tide of destruction. We're actually trying to shore up our mistakes, learn from our mistakes, correct our mistakes, become more efficient at extracting energy, etc., etc. So let's give ourselves a little bit of credit. Is life fundamentally good from the human perspective? Are humans fundamentally good? And I'd like to think about it like this. You know, think about the things that we absolutely must do in order to survive. This, these are the parameters of the natural path, right? Humanity before we had culture and civilization, just a collection of uh, tribesmen, you know, nomadic, you know, cavemen walking around, 
you know, whacking people with clubs, right? That's the image, Cro-Magnum man. I don't like that. I think it's kind of a rudimentary understanding. I think even in our caveman days, we were incredibly sophisticated creatures. However, what is true then and also now is the element of our survival instinct. We must eat, sleep, and procreate. In order to survive, we must eat, sleep, and procreate. Think about that. Those are just three things. Eat, sleep, procreate. Those are our our natural needs. And is it true that when we eat, sleep, and procreate, it's both pleasurable and satisfying? You eat something delicious, a big juicy steak, you eat a bowl of ice cream, you eat your most very favorite flavor, and you savor that flavor and enjoy it. Good. It's good. And then what happens after is you're satisfied. Like, yeah, that hit the spot. That is a sweet sort of satisfaction. At the same time, you work hard all day. and It's just been a, a challenge, a drag, or it's been an adventure and a journey, whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, you lay down and you're going to go to sleep. And when you can just relax and let go, like, phew, and it's kind of nature's way of forcing us to relax and let go if you think about it. You know, we, we slip into the subconscious sleep. Our brain goes through this whole cycle, the REM and all of that kind of stuff. Our brain states, uh, wave, w- our brain waves change. However, you know, that's a complete relaxation. Is sleep enjoyable? Yes, it is. When you wake up in the morning, it's like, oh man, that feels good. The morning sunlight feels good. It's pulling you out of bed. Come out and play, it says. Come out and play. Life is an adventure. Are you being playful with life? Are you curiously exploring your own infinite possibilities? I hope that you are. Now, eat, sleep, absolutely. Pleasurable and satisfying. Satisfied after a good night's sleep, you're all charged up. And you know what? I feel pretty good today. I'm, I'm, I'm well fed, I'm well hydrated, and you know I'm well dressed, and I think I'm going to go out there and find somebody to mate with, maybe a partner for life, uh, because that's the kind of species we are, or maybe just a fling, a fun thing, because that's where you're at in life. However, the pleasure is there. You know, procreation is a pleasurable thing. And after you make love to your life partner or you have this connection at a very intimate physical level, physical emotional level, the outcome of that that produces a very supreme sort of satisfaction. Like, oh man, is there anything more satisfying, existentially satisfying than an orgasm? I mean, just to call it what it is, right? No, I don't think that there's probably not a lot of more satisfaction that we can find, except that what we're talking about is mental and physical satisfaction. And what we're really after is soul level satisfaction. We need in our heart a very well balanced approach, mind, body, and soul. We need to have that physical satisfaction, that mental satisfaction, but also that spiritual satisfaction. And that stems from or is rooted in purpose, knowing that you were born for a purpose, that you have a job to do, there's something there. There is a why am I alive? You are alive to make the world a better place. How do I do that? By being who you're born to be. How do I know who I was born to be? Why is that important? These are things that are 
worthy of being discussed and examined. We're going to do that uh, lots and lots and lots, looking at it from lots of different angles. Got lots of good stuff coming up like that. So the spiritual priority, again, is a practical priority because it pulls it all together. It pulls all of this together. It gives us that purpose, that drive, that motivation. It also gives us the tools that we need to overcome the obstacles, that indomitable spirit. And it also gives us that resilience to endure the challenges of life. And it gives us a context within which to learn and to appreciate and be grateful for the beauty of life. Appreciate life just as it is and to be grateful for all of the good things, all the goodness that we've got going for us. So that's the spiritual priority in a nutshell. And uh, I think that was probably fairly enjoyable. 20 minutes, guys. That was pretty quick. And I just wanted to get that off my heart so that I could share it with you. And I'd love to know what your thoughts are. You guys got something? Drop it on the blog. And of course, if you enjoyed this, you'll want to think about these things. Uh, let's talk life, guys. Let's talk life. Go ahead and subscribe. Share it with a friend. And uh, let's get out there and have a great day. Have a fantastic Friday. Peace.